So this morning, we return to our series in the book of Mark, the book of Mark chapter 4. If you want to read with me, very, very well-known passage, but a very crucial passage. Now let's read together, book of Mark chapter 4 and verse 1, it says, Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables and in his teaching he said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seeds. Now he was scattering the seed and some fell along the path and the birds came and they ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop. Some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Verse 10, when he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer, sow, uh, the farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. And as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like the seed sown in rocky places, hear the word and at once they receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble and persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire of other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, they accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30 some 60, some 100 times what was so. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that even today, your word is not only true, but it is trustworthy. And Lord, we thank you that we know that this word would do exactly what you send it out to do. We pray, Lord, that you would open our hearts, and we now open our hearts to receive what you give and we pray, Lord, that the word that you give would bear fruit and produce a crop within us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Now, here in the book of Mark, Jesus now at the water's edge. is Actually, the crowds are bigger than we read just previously where Jesus had to say to Peter, listen, get a boat ready for if the crowd maybe becomes too much. Now, in this instance, Jesus actually was forced to preach from a boat. That's how many people there were. And Jesus tells him this, shares this 
parable about the kingdom with him. Now, quickly, just a little bit of background. You must remember this happened, according to some of the other gospels, on the same day as what happened just previously at the home. And what happened there was that Jesus was ministering, and while he was ministering, his family came, and they wanted to take him away because they thought Jesus was going crazy. If you don't believe me, go read the last portion of the, first, of the chapter just before this. And Jesus had to address that. Just after that, the Pharisees said to Jesus that he's actually part of Beelzebub. They accused Jesus of having an impure spirit. That's why he's driving out other demons. And Jesus had to address that. And then Jesus had to share with them, listen, that my mom and my parents, my family, is not just those that are physically my parents, but my brothers and sisters, my family, are those that do the will of God. So it was a challenging entry into Jesus now moving out to the sea, standing there and then moving on to the boat, saying, listen, I want to share something very important with you. And then he tells this story. Now to all the kids that are here, the picture that Jesus gave, in those days you didn't get a big planter or a big uh, 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 industrial machine that did the planting. You actually had a man with a bag of seed tied around his waist and then he's got seed in his hands and he would spread, rhythmically walk and spread the seed everywhere. Now this was how in those days they would sow the seed. Jesus told them that a man went out and he would sow the seed and some of the seed that he sowed fell on hard soil, actually fell on a path. He said, and the birds of the air came and it just picked up the seed, just stole it away, didn't do anything. Some of the seed was actually sown and fell on good soil, but, but the soil was, was rocky. There was good soil, but along with it was all rocks and stuff, and it couldn't really get their roots down. And because of that, these seeds didn't actually produce anything because the moment they would come up and the sun would heat them up, they would die down. Thirdly, he said, some of those seeds would fall on ground that is good, but there's a lot of weeds around it. And the moment they got up, they looked pretty good, but all the weeds would just consume them and, um, and they, would amount not, they would not amount to much. Lastly, there would be this good soil. Now, if we look at this picture, this, this sower sowing the seed, it's such a profound picture because in every seed, there is so much potential. A little bit, of, just a little seed can fall, but if it falls on good soil and gets treated well, it's, there's no telling what can happen and how far it can go. You can actually uh, consume some of the fruit that it produces, but you can also take that and sow it again. There, there's infinite possibilities. There's infinite potential. But you see, Jesus tells in this story, and I want to say this from the beginning so that you know what he's ministering about. Jesus sharing this parable with them about how to hear well. Because right in the middle of it, Jesus said in verse 9, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now let me ask you, to all the children that are here, do you have ears? How many times have your parents said to you, do you have ears? Yeah. Now, let me, when they ask that, do you have ears? In Afrikaans, if they ask you that, do you think that they don't know that you have ears? 
Do they know you have ears? They can see you have ears. Why do you think they're asking, listen, do you have ears? Or where's your ears? Why do you think they ask that? They're asking you because the things that they can see on the side of your head is not functioning very well at that moment. No parent has ever, after a child has been very obedient, just gone and said, where's your ears? No. He said, well done. Oh, mom, that is so good. Well done. But if they struggle to hear, you go, listen, those two things on the side of your head, there's Afrikaans saying that, are they, are they flower arrangements? What do you think is the purpose? Is it a blonde What do you think these are for? They're there for listening. Now, it's almost the same thing. Jesus is on the boat. Jesus says, listen, I want to share with you something very important. And he's actually asking them, where's your ears? That's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, listen, he that has ears. Now, do you think that those in front of Jesus had ears? Come on. Don't be so spiritual. This is not a rhetorical question. Do you think they had ears? Yes. Do you think Jesus knew that? Yes. Well, he's Jesus. He knows everything. But I think everyone else also knew that. Yes. But Jesus said, those who have ears, let them hear. Let them listen. So Jesus is saying, heads up, this sermon is about teaching your ears how to listen. Actually going deeper so that your ears will hear And your heart will listen. It's so important that we get this. Jesus is literally saying to them, listen, the kingdom of God has been given to you. And and right there in the middle, there's a portion, I don't want to spend a lot of time, right there in the middle, Jesus is saying, one of his heart sayings, he's saying, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing, but not perceiving, ever hearing, but not understanding. Otherwise, they may turn and be forgiven. Now, some people fall over this part of the passage, and they lose the whole text. Now, let me just encourage you to go to Luke and to go to Matthew and to read the whole uh, um, passage that is also mentioned here. And you'll see that just like here, Jesus is literally saying, you've got to listen. And some people will always hear but never listen. Jesus is saying there will be lots of people along the way that will hear. They will receive, but they will be like those that are ever hearing, never perceiving. They hear, but they don't receive. Jesus is calling those that he's talking to, to receive the truth, to act upon the truth, and to move with the truth. Jesus is calling them not to be those that reject the truth, but embrace the truth. Now, we might all say a bit, of course, this is why we're here. Otherwise, we wouldn't be on church on a Sunday morning. But just remember, Jesus is talking to those that were following him. Come on, you've got to stay with me. Jesus is not speaking to people that don't want anything to do with him. He's speaking to so many people that are actually, that there's so many people following him that he has to be on a boat. And he's saying to them, 
If you have ears, then listen. So an excellent spiritual discipline or response to this sermon and any piece of truth for that matter, godly truth, any good response would be to say, Lord, I know you are speaking. Help me to hear, receive, and do what you say. Can we agree on that even before I minister the sermon? Yes? All right, so now, that's the intro. Let's get to the sermon. Jesus is sharing with them what happens with the seed. In the first portion, Jesus says, some people, and he's explaining it to them. This is what I love about my job. I don't have to explain what this text means. Jesus is doing it. Jesus is saying, listen, seed, or some people are like seed. Seed along the path where the word is sown, as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes it away. He takes away that word that was sown in them. What is he talking about? Jesus is saying this seed that is sown on the path. A path is a place where people walk. Yes, can we agree? A path is a place of busyness. A path is a place of action. A path is a place where people do some business or get some things done. That's why it's a path. Do you know that you don't make a path by walking at once? Hello? Oh my goodness, you guys are so responsive in 2023. <laughs> a footpath is not created by somebody walking through the bush. A footpath is created by people over and over again walking the same path. And then after a while, because of their feet and their sandals, this path, the ground of this path, it, it's called a path because it's very clear now. It becomes so hard that if you throw seed on it, it would just lay there. So the first thing that is addressed is this whole thing about hardness, the hardness of our heart, and it's in a pathway, so it shows us one of the things that's so easy to harden our hearts with is just the stuff that we do every day over and over again and keep ourselves busy with. Sometimes we're so busy with doing what we did yesterday and the day before that we forget that there's some seed sown today. Sometimes we're in such a hurry that we miss the seed along the way. Now I want to share with you some of the, the, this is not detail that Jesus shared, but I was just thinking about this path. Birds cannot come and pick up the seed where the people are walking at that moment. No, the birds wait and the people hustle and bustle back and forth, back and forth. Get, guess what that bird does? That bird is watching the seed. He knows there's value in that seed even though it'd be just beneficial to his stomach. So he's waiting. People are going back and forth and he's just picking off the seed. The enemy knows the value of what God is giving you today, the stuff that you are too busy to pick up, to let in. And he's very clever with all his ways and helpers to wait patiently, but also anxiously to take away the truths that God gives you today, the seed that God sows today. It's not just people with hardened hearts on the outside that haven't heard. No, no, it's seed that is sown and the soil is hard. The path is too busy 
Because I'm not at the seed now. I don't have time to pick the seed up. Why? Because I'm on my way somewhere. Hello? Hardened hearts struggle to receive valuable truths. Busy lives struggle to embrace the seed that God sows today. Their own busy comings and goings and the frenetic traffic of life have so hardened people that nothing of God stirs them anymore. Sometimes we're so busy, even with spiritual things or seeming spiritual things. Want a new revelation, a new thing, a new conference. There's the next thing, there's the next thing, and a trip there, and a trip here. And, and this I've got to visit, and that I've got to do. So that in the end, I'm so busy that even what God gives cannot rest. He that has an ear, let him hear. Good soil is soft. Now let me warn you about hard ground. God has the notion of making hard soil soft. Because he knows that the only way that that soil, that hardness can receive anything good is by softening it up. So unfortunately, some paths along the way, some hearts that find themselves as pathways, sometimes God calls in a bit of work to be done for the gardener to mess it up a bit and to break open and to stop all the traffic and just to, to loosen that soil. And normally this process hurts. So let me just share with you that a hardened heart will struggle to receive soil or seed, good seed. But be careful. Lord might just say, listen, let me plow this bit again. Let me remove this path. I know it's not you, but some of us have found ourselves at a place where God forced us to a pause. So that the hard soil can be made soft again. And more often than not, it happens with some challenges and tribulation, some tough stuff. Please do not leave your heart at a place where God's seed just bounces off the hard soil. Secondly, Jesus said, the second place this seed falls, others like seeds sown in rocky places, they hear the word and at once they receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, because of the word, they quickly fall away. Now, Jesus is saying that these hearts, this soil, this rocky soil presents hearts that they're not close to the truth. They're not close to the gospel. They actually receive it. But a lot of times it's just a shallow intellectual or an emotional response. Now, if I say emotional response, some of the intellectuals go, yeah, I told them. And if I say intellectual, some of the emotionals go, yeah, 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 those, those guys, they just think they know it all. 
But let me share with you, either the intellectual or the emotional side will not carry you through. It is only a heart receptive to the truth of God, to hear, to embrace, and to obey and adjust according to what that truth shares and says. Hello? I know that's not very popular. But it's very easy to have a shallow response to God's truths. How many times have you shared something with someone or even received a sermon or somebody shared it with you or maybe somebody preached Mark chapter 4 to you and you go, I know that one. I know this one, I've heard this before. We embrace it a little bit. But it's shallow. You see, if there's shallow emotional or intellectual responses because of God's truth, persecution or trouble or challenge because of the Word of God, when that comes, that seed will not be sustained. Very often, this is where so many enemies of the faith comes from. They've embraced it once. In a very shallow, shallow kind of a way. It makes sense. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. But no change of heart. And when the challenge comes, I always say, please don't try to convince people of the gospel because if you convince them of the gospel, they can be as easily unconvinced. But if you share the truth and the heart is receptive and the roots are deep, nobody takes that truth out. So take your time. But when seed falls on rocky soil, it embraces it quickly. It springs up very quickly. Now, let me just share with you the practicality of this. Have you seen that, that your, the weeds in your garden come up quicker than the lawn? Especially in Australia. I don't know. I just... The funniest thing, and, and especially on my driveway. Yeah, is, is that your, your experience as well? I mean, I, I don't know where those seeds come from, but man, they, are, they arrive yesterday. They are fully grown tomorrow. And they have a little flower even. I'm struggling myself to bits just to get some grass going. And that thing's going poop. But you know what I've seen? They can make it through some average weather. And I don't know about you, but when it gets really hot, that flower that, stand, that stood up tall yesterday, if it hits 36 and there's a warm wind, that poor flower's I don't have to spray it with anything. The sun deals with it. The same sun that actually brings life to plants with roots kills plants without. This is just something I want to share with you. I found true to be in my own life. 
the deeper the roots, if the heat is turned up, the plant gets stronger. But if there's no root and heat is applied, the seed withers and bears no fruit anymore. Hello? Is it practical enough? Can we understand it? So Jesus said there's some hard hearts out there. But he also says not just hard hearts, there's some shallow hearts. Can I, before I go on, remind us not only to make sure that we don't harden our hearts, but to ask the Lord that he would help us not to walk around with shallow emotional or intellectual experiences of faith. But allow him to really dig the roots in our lives deep for the truth of God. Thirdly, Jesus said, there's still others like seeds sown among thorns. They hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire of other things come in. They choke the word, making it unfruitful. Now here it doesn't talk about hard hearts or hearts that, you know, are shallow. No, no, these hearts are actually deep. They look good. But there's some other things alongside the seed of God and the seed that was sown, the truths of God, that remain in the soil. And you know what? Because that is there, this seed, there's just good seed and, and actually good soil. It, 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 it actually springs and springs good roots. It establishes itself well, but alongside of it, there's some other things that grow with it and grow a little bit faster than it and overshadows it and actually in the end strangles it so that even good seed and good soil cannot flourish if the wrong stuff remains in the soil alongside the truth of God. So what would this be? Now, I can spend a lot of time doing a bit of biblical research, you know, about what are some of the things that make us struggle to maintain our faith, or I can just share with you what Jesus said. Is it, uh, would that be good? Simple. He, he gave three things. That'd be okay for you? Because it was okay for me. All three of them really dug into my heart. So let me share it with you. Jesus gave three things. Three things that are like weeds, that even if the word is good, even if the heart is soft, will strangle you. What are these three things? Jesus said this, he said, first of all, they hear the word, but the worries of this life. Yet I believe. I go from faith conference to faith conference. But the only things coming out of my mouth is the worries of this life. The only things I talk about, the stuff that occupy my mind, my thoughts, my will, whatever I do today, how I converse with people are governed by the worries of this life. And let me share with you, 
I think this third part of the soil is very prevalent in our day. We walk around, there's so much worries that even good truth and good soil are strangled to death and bears no fruit. The worries of this life. Yeah, Pierre, but you, you've got to know, and, and, and let me be very clear about this. I know that when I speak to some people, they say, no, 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 but, but you, you're with your head in the sand. You've got to know what's going on. I'm not of this world. I'm not of this kingdom. I'm of that kingdom. Yeah, but Pete, you have to know. Jesus says, keep your eyes on me. I'm the author and the finisher of your faith. Yes. People say to you, yeah, but you're a bit, you're a bit funny, you know, if, you, if you're not concerned about something that's happening there in another country, another state, another year, another day. They think you, are, you don't care. Let me tell you, you can care as much as you want. You will make no change if the worries of this life is governing your heart. You will make no change. You will just be part of the choir singing as we walk the death march. God is going to help us. Don't worry. Whoa. Whoa. Jesus is saying, not only here, but Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about things. You know why? Because Jesus takes care of the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. You're saying, Peter, shouldn't we not work? No, Jesus says work. He says, just don't worry about it. Hello? I know it's not here, but let me tell you, there's a lot of people wasting a lot of time with needless worries. (laughs) But very dangerous worries. Because it strangles the truth. Strangles the hope. Let them think you're walking with your head in the clouds. That's exactly where Jesus said your head belongs. Hello? Oh, but Piet, we should see the need. Yes, see the need and be positive enough to do something about it. Don't see the need and take the poor person that has the need and make them even more negative than they were. Hello? Yes, you're right, brother. I don't know. Come on. That's the first one. Anybody ready for the second one? The worries of this life. Secondly, the deceitfulness of wealth. Are these my words or am I just reading? Maybe you should put it up there, Dean. I I don't know if they're going to believe me. The deceitfulness of wealth. You know what it is when something is deceitful? Okay, that was not a rhetorical question again. Do you know? If something is trustworthy, if if it's of integrity, it is what it says it is. It does what it says it's gonna do. If someone is deceitful, 
They pretend to be someone they are not. If something is deceitful, it pretends to portray, to give something that it won't. Jesus is saying, be careful. Be careful for having good soil, good truth, and then be deceived by wealth. Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. If you think your wealth is going to sustain you, you are being lied to. If you think your lack of wealth is going to ruin you, you are being lied to. Your wealth will not make you or break you. It is the truth of God that will sustain you. And the deceitfulness of wealth will take your attention from him over and over and over and over again. Wealth is going to try to steal your time, first of all. Your attention, secondly. is going to try to steal everything that is valuable within you. It's going to promise you everything and steal everything from you. It's not only not going to deliver, it's going to take the little that you have. No, Peter, that's not truth. Yeah, it is actually physically the truth. See, if you are a little bit fit, just a little, but you don't train anymore, because you don't utilize and function within the little that you have, then even the little that you have, you will lose. Hello? So if we take the truth of God and we don't keep our eyes on Him, we don't understand that wealth is deceitful. L let me put it clearly because some of you go, yeah, we get you, but you're a pastor, you know, it's a little bit different in the marketplace. I know, I know. Jesus is very clear. You can't serve both God and Mammon if you have any doubts about this one. You can either love the one and hate the other. And I'll serve one and despise the other. So serve God. Work well. Work well. Do your business well. But serve God. And do not trust in the deceitfulness of wealth. Oh, you know, I speak to a lot of guys that feel when they retire, you know what, Piet? I've got more than I really bargained for, you know? I've got so much. I am so, really, I am so, I'm so pleased with how everybody dealt with me throughout my life, got more than I expected. All of you said, what are you talking about? Yeah. Because wealth is deceitful. By the way, between you and me, you're never going to take anything worth. You want to know what's valuable? The people around you, their hearts and their lives, they're valuable. Don't lose people over wealth. Don't lose relationship and family over wealth. Don't lose friends over the deceitfulness of wealth. Hello? Is that simple enough? The deceitfulness of wealth, number two. What's number three? The deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things. 
come in and choke the world. The desire for other things. Now, I know that this is not a challenge here, but I do know there's some communities that they always desire what they don't have. The first car I desire, just, just desire a car. So then I get a car, I have a car. But I desire another car. A newer car. A better car. At least better than him. My car's still good, but I just want a better car than him. And then I get a better car and I'm happy. Until he gets the same car. I'm not so happy anymore. I want a better car than Hi, these people. No, you guys don't struggle with it, but you can teach them this truth. Now I want another car because he's got another car. You, now I don't like it at all because everybody now has a good car. Oh, no, man. Now this car's not good anymore. And I can't really find a better car because everybody's got good cars. Now I want a different car. Mine's got to just stand out a little bit. Because I don't want what everybody else has got. It's very quiet here this morning. <laughs> Keeping up with the Joneses. You, you, you know what that actually is saying? It's, it's when you're involving, involved in buying things you do not need to, pe- to impress people you do not like with money you do not have. No, I have it. The bank, bank says I have it. No, no, it's not your money. You'll find out when you pay it back. <laughs> and it's even more quiet. <laughs> Buying things you do not need to impress people. Sometimes you don't even really know with money you do not have. Be careful. For the deceitfulness of wealth, but be careful for the desire for other things. Let me, while you're already a little bit angry with me for the stuff I'm saying, so let me just go all out. If you spent 60% of your day looking at things you do not have on whichever screen you can find, I promise you, you're going to find yourself always with the desire to have something that that you don't need. Because that's what you do. I know now it's very quiet. Okay, I'm going on. (laughs) Be careful. The truth of that, the, the other side of that coin, if I'm always looking at what I don't have, the other side of that coin is, Scripture says, be Content with what you have. Did I say that again? Did it come through? Be content with what you've got. Don't always desire what you don't have. Can you believe there's so much in this one parable? Oh my goodness. And we heard it before. Lastly, lastly, I know I'm a bit over my time, but I do want to share with you, there's some good soil. Jesus said this, others like seed sown on good soil hear the word, they accept it, and they produce a crop. 30, 60, and even 100 times what was sown. The seed of God's word does not bounce off the surface. 
It does not just spring up and then die down when things get tough. It does not just give it away. It does not allow any other truth or half-truth or deceitfulness to stand with the truth of God so that it can be strangled. No, this truth keeps its eyes on the truth because the truth is not a truth that Jesus shared, but the truth and the word is Jesus himself. That is the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Soil like this, embrace the truth. They hear what Jesus say. They receive him fully. It permeates every portion of their lives. It renovates everything within. It renovates the heart. It renovates the body. It renovates the family. It changes everything. It's like that person is reborn. Oh yeah, I read that somewhere. It's as if everything starts over. Now that kind of soil, if the heat comes, produces even more crops. Because it's good soil. We read this and we say, some produce 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Let me share with you, some of the toughest environments produces the best crops. Because the soil is good. The roots are deep. Those of you that know a little bit more about wine than me know that you don't get good wine if the grapes don't suffer a bit. Got to struggle a bit. Fruit like this or soil like this produces fruit within. What kind of fruit? Just quickly as we close. That kind of soil produces fruit, a character, a harvest of character. Fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Soil like that produces a harvest that here in and here out remains. Jesus himself, our Savior, is the Word. He is the ultimate communication from God. I want to leave this with you this morning. I know that we easily get that our hearts should not be hardened. And we easily look at others that don't receive the gospel or the truth and we say, you know what? They've got hardened hearts. That's why the birds of the air just, the enemy just steals it away. But let me remind you that was not the only ground that did not produce fruit. Can I remind you there was only one portion or classification of soil that produced a crop, 30, 60, and 100 fold. Those that were not sown in shallow ground, were not sown with other stuff to strangle it, the deceitfulness of wealth, the worries of this world, and the things we desire. Those that were not sown on hardened hearts, yes, but those that were sown on ground, said, Lord, I know you are the truth. I know that every truth comes from you. I'm gonna ask you this morning to ask yourself, what is the condition of your heart? Are we still at a place? 
you and I here in the beginning of 2023, am I still at a place where I'll say, Lord, whatever you say, I know to be the truth. So I want to embrace your truth and help me to live my life according to it. Let me ask you, what did he say to you this morning? Not I. What dropped into your spirit and your heart this morning? Which one of these truths was just niggling at a scab in you, saying, listen, this is something you've got to take care of? I want to encourage you, please do not let this be shallow ground. Don't embrace that truth just till you walk out the door. Then it wouldn't change anything. Hold on to it. Ask Him. So with me, I want to pray for you this morning as I pray, Lord, would you, would you remind us that you are the Word. You are the Word in the beginning. You'll be the Word in the end. Would you remind us, Lord, that there's, there's nothing else that has true integrity, no one else but you. Would you remind us, Lord, that your truth will remain and stand firm. I pray, Lord, that as we receive what you give, pray that you would help us, that it would bear fruit in our hearts, that here in 2023, we would just say, Lord, come and deal with the stuff that hinder us from not only embracing, but allowing your truth, your word, you, to bring deep roots in our lives and change what needs to be changed. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters as I pray for myself. Lord, please especially help us not to fall over the worries of this world, the deceitfulness of wealth and the things we desire that are so fleeting, so futile. Help us to keep our eyes on you and our hearts saturated with you. I pray that for myself as that I pray that for those around me here. We pray that in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.